Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jason. Hope you are. I'm fantastic, Bill. Looking yeah. forward to the program today. Well, me too. I've, I, you know, I enjoy this so much. And of course, here we are at, uh, at the end of July. It just sort of uh, blows my mind that how fast uh, the summer just pushes along and and I hope folks have truly gotten out and enjoyed the, the summer weather. One, one of the nice things about summer is, uh, except for the extreme heat, uh, most of us really do enjoy being outside. Uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of families that are um, uh, looking at, oh my gosh, we got to get ready for school, uh, those those kinds of things, and do that school shopping and and um, you know the kids are excited about that sort of stuff uh, which is good I don't have to worry about that anymore though uh, being an empty nester and and I uh, don't have to have those concerns um, but you know actually from my perspective for those of us who are not in the back to school mode you know the truth is uh, I mean my favorite time of the year to be at the beach is really late August and early you know, in September too, all of September, if you get right down to it. And sometimes even early October, depending on how the weather goes. But, you know, uh, it's just, it just is amazing to me how the year just blows by. But uh, here we are. Uh, anyway, this morning, uh, I really wanted to talk very much about things I meant to get to uh, last week, and I certainly mentioned a few things, but I didn't really have time to talk uh, at length about anything because uh, I, I just went on about other stuff, and I apologize about that. <laughs> That's not unlike me, as folks who listen to this show uh, have probably figured that out by now, but I, I do enjoy this uh, so much. But I really wanted to start this show um, about the importance of money uh, and relationships. Uh, you know, the, the truth is we, we shouldn't put too much emphasis on money, although money's important. You know, the fact is, is that when you get right down to it, the relationships that we have with others. And I'm really talking about spouse, family, children, friends. Our relationships are so important to us. And the fact is, is that, a, you know, if you have a good relationship with your spouse and your children, you're going to be happy. <laughs> You know, the fact is, good relationships are are the essence of of being happy, and that's true whether you have a ton of money or you have just a little bit of money or no money at all. But the fact is, is if you have good relationships with your with your family and friends, uh, that means so much to us. I mean. You know, there's lots of adages uh, that we're aware of because those folks who uh, work so hard, you know, during their entire life and focus on supporting their family, and there's good reason to do that, but if you do too much of it 
and don't spend enough time with your family, then, you know, the fact is when the, when the work life is over and you don't have the strong relationships with your children or you're divorced, <laughs> those kinds of things, even though you're well-intentioned uh, in terms of working hard for the benefit of your family because you want to get where you want to go financially, uh, there's a lot of regret that comes with that. So, you know, from my perspective, uh, you know, most of the folks that listen to me at this point, we're already past that stage, but, you know, to the degree that we can help our children uh, appreciate uh, those and the things that we can do to bring our family together, you know, whether it's family vacations or or, uh, the times we spend together at Thanksgiving and Christmas and other times that we make special, uh, you know, that is uh, critical. It really is. And it it means so much. But so obviously, uh, to the degree that we can share that with our children and grandchildren, if we have those, uh, and to do things about it means so much. And uh, of course, that does not mean that money is not important. Fact is, all of us like to uh, be able to enjoy going out to eat and being able to have heat and and air conditioning, particularly this time of year, <laughs> and and being able to travel and being able to do the things that we want to do. And whether we like it or not, that requires a certain amount of money. And of course. Um, there are lots of things that you can do that are free. There are lots of things that you can do without a whole lot of money, but at the same time, money's still important. You still have to be able to pay the pay the bills. Uh, uh, and unfortunately, for, for a lot of families, um, there you know the 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 old Ozzie and Harriet dynamic where you have one breadwinner and. Uh, and a, uh, another person who's at home with the children and, and those kind of things, th- those days are pretty gone for the majority. of There are very few folks that can do that because living the lifestyle that most uh, young people want to live requires two incomes today. It's, it's very unfortunate that it is that way, but it is, and it's, it's a new day. You know, life continues to change. And the fact is, one of the sad things is that, uh, you know, there's very little loyalty in the workplace anymore. Uh, employees move around, and, and employers are not loyal to their employees. And so, you know, a bad quarter, and people get laid off. And, and it's not... Those, the times where people work for one company for 30 or 40 years, that those times are, are totally gone at this point. Uh, pensions are on the way out. Uh, the only pensions left in North Carolina, for the most part, uh, with some rare exceptions, are government, uh, military, uh, state government, federal government, uh, local government. But the bottom line is, and, and of course, to, uh, to, to work in those areas, number one, you have to have a passion for it. And number two, you have to realize you're going to pay, for the most part, make less money uh, for the benefit of, of having um, pinch, a pension at the end, end of the day. Uh, so 
And so it, it's offset. And, of course, that can be advantageous because at least with a, a pension, you, you do have uh, financial wherewithal in your later years, and, and that means a lot. But so with that said, I, I do want to talk about, okay, um, what about gifting while we are alive? And of course, for some seniors, uh, those seniors who are worried about the cost of long-term care, which is something that I focus on, gifting is a very negative thing because the the fact is is uh, 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 paying. If you have very modest wealth and have to worry about whether or not you'll have enough money to pay for long-term care, recognizing that those risks are high, then this is a gifting is something that you really and truly should not do in your later years because there is a five-year look back for Medicaid. And if you make gifts during that five-year period that those gifts to your children or grandchildren will be sanctioned and you are penalized for it even if those gifts have nothing to do with applying for Medicaid and you know several years later you know you're just trying to you know put your family in a place to enjoy so you have to worry about that and of course another thing I tell folks in that situation is the fact that they need to stop using cash because you can't follow cash. And there's an awful lot of folks uh, who use cash uh, just because they've always done it. Or they don't want their spouse to know what they're doing with their cash. You know, they want their slush fund uh, to, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Uh, my mama always had a slush fund. I mean, and part of it is, uh, you know, uh, some women put money back uh, just that they don't want their spouse to know about for a lot of reasons. Other people want to be able to buy gifts for their spouse that they don't want the spouse to know exactly how much they've spent on their, you know, their Christmas or birthday gifts. So there are a lot of different reasons for doing it. But for seniors who have to worry about uh, long-term care and applying for Medicaid if they have to go to a nursing home in later years, and that risk is pretty high for for seniors, gifting is something that should not be done, and cash is something that they should avoid because uh, the Department of Social Services will look at cash, even though you use it yourself and there's no gifting involved, the presumption is it's a gift to your children and grandchildren because if they can't follow it, it's going to be considered a gift. So cash has to be avoided and gifts have to be avoided for those. However, there are lots and lots of families that don't have to worry about running out of money because of long-term care or for any other reason. They, they know they have plenty of money. Uh, they, they, no matter how generous they are, they'll still have plenty of money for uh, their family, for their spouse after they're gone and for their children after both of them are gone. And uh, oftentimes, Families like that, uh, that are fortunate in that situation, uh, enjoy making gifts to their children and seeing, helping their children with a step up or seeing their children being able to joy, enjoy some of that wealth while they're um, in, in their formative years and, and the like. And, you know, that's important 
us as well if we can do it. Now, those families who have to worry about the possibility of their children paying a state tax, then gifting is a very, very important part uh, of a tax plan to reduce or eliminate the potential for children to pay um, a state tax uh, when the parents die. But you don't have to be in that category to still be wealthy and still have plenty of money to, to share with your family members uh, as you wish. And so that's what, for those families, I want to talk about some of the types of gifting that can be extremely beneficial to families. Well, this is good information to know. We look forward to continuing the discussion. And if long-term care, as Bill mentioned earlier, is a concern to you and paying for long-term care is a concern, then you need to go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. There you can find information about Bill's monthly webinars. He does these the second Wednesday of every month. They are free to attend. It's free to register and highly educational. Bill has two webinars. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance, Medicaid, government, uh, VA benefits that may be available to you as well, financial assistance, all related to long-term care. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to learn about a field that is very, very complex and hard to find accurate information. In the afternoon, Bill has a session that deals with asset protection and trust planning. Again, both are free to attend. All you have to do is go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or you can also call the office for more information, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000, or online at WGALaw.com. We're taking a quick break, but we'll have more related to gifting right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to find information about Bill's free webinars. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, August 10th. Be sure to go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button if you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, as well as asset protection and trust planning, two wonderful educational sessions for you that are free to attend. It's free to register, and you're going to have a wonderful experience. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're having a conversation about gifting right now, Bill. And, you know, you mentioned there's uh, ways that we can avoid some of the pitfalls when it comes to long-term care planning as well as uh, estate tax. Well, I, I don't want to focus on long-term care. I mean, that's one, you know, that's a, a lot of middle-class folks that fall into that category that need to uh, uh, actually be very concerned ab about how to not run out of money. You know, those uh, just, you know, that is a consideration. But the fact is that all of us, 
whether we're young or whether we're older, from an estate planning perspective, our first focus needs to be on taking care of ourselves and taking care of our spouse if we're married. I mean, that, that, uh, that should be number one goal, take care of ourselves and take care of our spouse. And if we have younger children, in other words, we're, we're not empty nesters, our second goal, if, if not it, 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 the same priority, is to take care of our children. And for those of us who are doing fairly well, part of taking care of our children is putting money back for their education, you know, because that, that is an important part of things. But one thing I've learned is the fact that if we can't put back enough money, because, you know, education can be pretty darn expensive depending on what our children actually want to do and where they want to go to school or where we will allow them to go to school. I told my kids, quite frankly, that they could choose any North Carolina university school that they could get into. <laughs> I said, I'd pay for that. And if you want to go to private school, I'll be more than happy to, to pay the amount of money that I would have paid to a public school. And you'll have to figure out the rest on your own. Uh, you know, it, but every parent's different in terms of how we do that. Um, but the fact is that even if a parent has no, no resources to put towards a child's education after they finish high school, fact is kids there are 25 different ways kids can go to college and graduate uh some with with no debt whatsoever and other, i mean because the the fact is that lots of kids can go to school on academic scholarships or uh or uh sports scholarships or music scholarships or all sorts of different scholarships for talented young people uh, where all or part of their education can be paid for with a scholarship or uh, obviously military service uh, for a lot of kids is an opportunity to uh, to have uh, their education paid for uh, and there there are other service opportunities for children that to me actually just makes people better citizens and, and better people because they've actually had to contribute to the community uh, at some point uh, where they can get to school. Uh, and of course, as everyone knows, there's uh, the opportunities uh, to uh, borrow money at low interest rates and have uh, lots and lots of years to pay it back. Now, personally, uh, I, you know, I think it's unfortunate that people have so much debt when they get out of school. Um, too many people have too much debt, and but but that's their choice, you know. And uh, frankly, uh, there's no real way to get out of that debt. They just need to pay it back over time. And and it's unfortunately for a lot of kids, it's like having a second mortgage. Uh, or having, you know, to pay for a house without a house. <laughs> so, but don't want to go there. I just want to make the point that kids can find a way to go to school, whether you, as a parent or grandparent, have the money to help them or not. And I think that's really important for folks to think about when they're thinking about how and what types of gifts. Because, frankly, one of the things that's frustrating to me 
not, not that it should be, is that sometimes for grandparents and parents who are trying to help their children and save money for schooling, it's, it's all about school. It's all about education. And while ed- I think education is important, the fact is, is that to me it's less important than some other issues that involve that we can actually do things to help our children and grandchildren. And so those are some of the things that I want to talk about. But the okay, so what do we want to do? Uh, we have we have money. We want to help our children or our grandchildren in some way, shape, or form. And we have plenty of money. We're not going to worry about running out of money because we got plenty. Well, first of all, everyone should know at this point that there, each one of us may give, if we have the resources, $16,000 per year per person without any kind of tax issue whatsoever. In other words, you don't have to file a gift tax return. Uh, you, you pay absolutely no tax. The person who receives the gift, it's a gift. It's not income. So there's no income tax on the fact that you've made a gift to them. And there's no tax to you for having made the gift. And so $16,000 per person to as many people as you want to give it to. And it doesn't have to be uh, a child or grandchild. It can be a friend. It can be anybody else. And so a married couple actually can give $32,000 per child or grandchild or friend or anybody else with no tax considerations at all. So obviously, those folks who are trying to reduce the size of their estate uh, because they may have an estate tax issue if they don't, gifting like that is something that can be very helpful. Now, I would, this will sound strange, but I would caution people about uh, unless they have to do it for just to help themselves with gift tax. There's other ways they can give money away. I mean, the, every charity out there and the churches and the synagogues and every other place out there has their hand out. So there are other ways to give money away that is, uh, might even help you on your taxes. But the fact is, is that um, making... I would just caution parents or grandparents from making these substantial annual gifts, you know, ten, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a year to a child, uh, because so unless there is a specific need that you're filling, because if you just give them sixteen thousand dollars a year or ten thousand dollars a year, eventually, within a few years, they'll expect it, and that should never be the case, uh, or they'll start depending on it. And that's even worse. You know, if they start living a lifestyle that depends on receiving, you know, ten dollars or $15,000 a year from you, to me, that's a very negative thing. And, you know, truthfully, I have seen that happen. And I I had a client one time where because of the fact that the children were actually taking advantage of their uh, widowed mother, um, the fact is I recommended to her that she stop making these annual gifts. Well, I'll tell you what, you should have seen the upset children 
because they had come to depend on these annual gifts. And it was like, well, how are we going to do this and that and that? You know, it's sort of like, well, figure it out. You know, I mean, to me, I think it's a very, very negative thing when our children either, number one, expect a gift or depend on a gift. I mean, either one, We, as parents and grandparents, we need to avoid uh, that type of gift making I, I i mean i just think there are negative consequences from gifting and and those are two of them as far as i'm concerned um so with that uh, but you know for a lot of families that that type of gift is wonderful so it just really depends on on the circumstances but okay uh can i get into my first gift uh beyond that all right so all right to the degree that you have a newborn, young child or grandchild, that is the time to make a perfect um, what a gift that I consider one of the two last bastions of a tax-sheltered investment. Uh, that goes to a huge benefit to a child that age. And, and so uh, more often than not, this would be a grandparent's gift uh, because parents at that age when they have young children are worried about other things, okay? But this is when, this is the perfect time to make a gift to the grandchild by purchasing a life insurance policy that is designed for cash value buildup, cash inside the policy rather than death benefit. Now, it's a life insurance policy, so it has to have a death benefit, but you're not buying it for death benefit. It pretty much, the, the best way to structure it, in my opinion, is a $5,000 premium per year. That's pretty heavy for a lot of folks, but not grandparents that are trying to do something for their grandchildren for at least 10 years, putting at least $50,000 of premiums into a policy for a young child. Now, you have to realize that for a young child, the, the, the part of the, the premium that's being paid for death benefit is, is very, very little. Now, why do I say that it's a, a tax-sheltered investment? Well, guess what? Inside a life insurance policy, uh, the ca cash inside your policy grows income tax-free. So it's, it's like a retirement account to that extent, wh whether it's a Roth or a regular. It, it, once it's in there, it grows income tax-free. Now, unlike a regular retirement account, the death benefit pays out, guess what? Income tax-free. And if you use an irrevocable life insurance trust, or if you don't have a taxable estate, it comes out estate tax-free. And in North Carolina, a life insurance policy is asset protected. So a creditor can't take your a life insurance policy away or force you to cash it out or force you to uh, uh, or get to the cash value inside the policy. Now, this type of policy, if if it if you just pay, you know, five thousand a year for ten years, it's it is a traditional life insurance policy, and that cash value will grow like a weed. That's the key. And the reason I suggest it is because 
what it does is it creates uh, two things. Number one, it creates a fund for which a child can borrow against it for needs. Uh, and as long as it's paid, paid back on a commercially reasonably rate, then it will continue to grow like a weed at, at, to create a retirement fund for that child when the child reaches, and I've used 70 years old as a retirement age for that generation. Now, what folks don't realize is that at that point, that type of investment will have grown into a multi-million dollar cash-valued policy against which you can borrow. And guess what? A loan is not income. So hence, it is income tax-free. And at that point, a child could borrow $15,000 a month for the rest of their life. Well, why do I think, and depending on how long they live, there still be uh, a few million dollars left to go to their own children, okay? So all extraordinarily wonderful. But why is that important? Well, to me, kids will find a way to go to college and get a good education. But you know what you can't do? And we don't know whether our children will be wealthy because they've got a great education and they do wonderful things and make lots of money, or they can be like my niece who went to Harvard uh, and my my sister and her husband were so delighted, you know, that she got to Harvard and all that good stuff. You know what she did? She majored in the language of Gaelic or Gaelic. You know what Gaelic is? I mean, Gaelic is a language that's dead. It's it's used in one little place in, on earth, and it's almost a lost language there. And what in the heck are you going to do with, with an education in a lost language? Well, I'll tell you, absolutely nothing. <laughs> she couldn't even go over to Scotland and get a job because they have rules that if anybody in Scotland... Uh, you know, she can't even teach over there because if anybody over there uh, applies for a job, they have a priority over an American, you know, even if it's a well-educated Harvard grad, you know. So the point is <laughs> that the fact is that, um, you know, also kids decide to, to be public servants. They decide to do other things that don't make a lot of money. And that's okay. They're still happy doing the things that they want to do. But guess what? If you can't put enough money back, you're not going to have enough money in the future to retire because Social Security is not going to be enough for folks to live on. So this way you can create a fund that you never have to worry about whether they will have enough money when they retire to live on. That peace of mind really goes a long way as life expectancy is increasing and, you know, the dynamics are changing, as you said, with Social Security and with how the workforce is going to be working in the future. There's, there's a lot of uncertainties there, but having that peace of mind really does go a long way. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, head on over to WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do that, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening on 
Wednesday, August 10th. These happen the second Wednesday of every month. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available to you through Medicaid or VA benefits, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning in a free educational webinar, head on over to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can learn more about Bill and also learn more about his free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning, sign up for Bill's free webinars. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill, we're talking all about gifting and we're having a, a, a good discussion here regarding life insurance. No question about it. Well, I want to move on to other types of gifts, but the the fact is is that when you get to be a little bit older, I think most of us uh, generally have a better perspective on the importance of money and priorities in terms of how to spend money. You know, I mean, we joke about uh, young people that that receive an inheritance and they go out and buy, you know, a $100,000 Corvette. Uh, In in other words, they just uh, waste their money away, if you will, to where their inheritance gets taken advantage of within a few years. Because we know that young people generally don't have the maturity or the perspective on where that money should go. Uh, And so what are some of the other things that we can do that will make a significant difference for our children or grandchildren? And one, let's, okay, so let's say that instead of young children or grandchildren, we have older uh, grandchildren or children, and now they're in their late teens or they're young adults and they've at least started working and have earned income. And this this is where they actually get a W-2 from working. Uh, now, once you do that, guess what you can do that's really nice? You have any idea? I'm going to guess maybe set up an IRA. Well, yes, but I'm really talking about a Roth IRA because guess what? When folks are starting out, they have guess how much in taxes? Nothing. I mean, basically, they're at the low end of the totem pole in the lowest tax bracket, which is generally zero, (laughs) sometimes 10% if they're doing really well. But the fact is there's no better time to invest in a Roth IRA. But guess what? Do you really think an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old or a 20-year-old is thinking about retirement? I don't think so. They just hope enough. They, have, they want enough money to take their girlfriend out. 
and uh, you know, and have some fun, and and maybe buy a car if if the parents haven't bought one for them already. So you know, it's the kind of thing where this is where you we need to make a deal with those uh, children to say, okay, uh, it, you know, if your W two is over, you know, the amount because. At that age, uh, I may be wrong, but I believe we can contribute $6,000 to a Roth IRA at, at that age. And so it's like, okay, uh, you, we'll, we'll give you the money to put into a Roth IRA. And one of the good things is they can't touch it, you know. Uh, so the bottom line is it's a safe thing where it's there. And guess what? Once it's in a Roth, see, the Roth is the other bastion of a tax-sheltered investment. Once it's in there, it grows income tax-free, and guess what? It pays out income tax-free. So it's similar, actually, to the other uh, first investment for the young, young children that we're talking about. But this is the actually... Um, the next best thing, or maybe even better, over time. So it's the kind of thing where it's still, uh, it, the earlier a Roth is established and contributed to to the fullest, the better. And so that is uh, extremely important to us, and that helps. Now, let's say that we've already gotten past that and our kids are in their late 30s or early 40s. Is there something that we can do there that would be helpful to them in a big way. Yes. Uh, one of the biggest concerns um, for folks is in later life, long-term care. But guess what? 40-year-olds generally aren't thinking like that. So again, that's something that we could do for our children who are in their late 30s, early 40s. And that is to make sure while they're healthy, you know, this gen their people are generally in their healthy years, you know, they're still out there uh, going to the gym and all that good stuff. Not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, tip, you know, it's generally before our bodies start falling apart, so they're in their <laughs> they're in their their insurable years. Well, that's the best time to buy. A long-term care insurance policy. Now, you know, life insurance can be helpful too, and you can even combine the two, but having long-term care insurance at that age is actually the best time to acquire it. And generally speaking, our children are, are not going to be thinking about those kind of expenses at that age. They're going to be thinking more along the lines of, how do we get our kids through school? How do we pay for the weddings? How do we, um, you know, uh, uh, put money back for our own retirement, which all are important uh, considerations too. Or, you know, buying a house or how do we pay our house off? And, you know, those are important considerations as well. So from our perspective is the best gifts are the kind of gifts that our children would not give themselves. And so it's another way that we can significantly help our children by giving them, in essence, a, a gift that will give back over their lifetime, a long-term gift, if, if you will, that costs very little for us, 
but makes a significant impact on on their lives as they get older. So those those are the kinds of gifts that to me are significant that most folks don't think about. And that's why I want people to think a little differently about how that they can actually do some things that make a significant impact for their families. And I think that's one of the goals that we all have is having a gift that is going to have a significant and lasting impact. So this is a lot of food for thought, Bill. And if you want to learn more about Bill or schedule an appointment to speak with him, maybe uh, these are some items that you're considering and you need assistance with, head on over to WGALaw.com, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars at WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button at the top of the page and there you can find information on registering for Bill's free webinars on asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance wgalaw.com just click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call the office 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, or find more information about his free webinars. The next set of webinars is happening just around the corner, Wednesday, August 10th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning and do that for free and learn from Bill, go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill we're talking all about gifting and you know we were talking about gifts that can have a lasting impact. What are some of the things that you recommend for your clients? Well I mean everything that I've talked about uh, are things that I recommend um, depending on the client. It really I mean you know these kinds of things are unique to each family depending on what their needs are and what their net worth is and their liquidity and 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 you know frankly their disposition <laughs> and their relationships and their families all of that makes a difference well one of the other things that i look at uh, when i'm counseling uh, particularly my clients who are uh, pre-retirement uh, you know their late 50s early 60s uh, or they're already retired and we're redoing their, their estate planning for their families. I, I generally want to, to two things that are important for everyone. Number one, I want to see what their income is. And uh, I, sometimes I, I throw people because I want to figure out what will be the income for the surviving spouse. Uh, because it surprises, and, and some folks are well-prepared for it. They have thought about it. They make sure that the, the surviving spouse will have plenty of money, and other folks have not. It's sometimes shameful what some folks have done 
because they make they make assumptions that are not valid at all, or they make very selfish selfish elections and things like that. So I always want to know, uh, and sometimes it's a shock to the fan the to the spouse who might is likely to survive the other uh, under the circumstances, and it's like, whoa, we really haven't done good planning here but most people have done good planning on those things but i want to know it and uh, i also uh, want to look at their tax returns uh, to particularly if they're uh, already retired because generally speaking uh, their tax returns are will be similar from one year to the next unless they sell some property and have a large capital gain or something along those lines well, the fact is, is that that gives us planning opportunities. And oftentimes it has to do with, you know, last week I talked about changing the mindset on how to use retirement accounts. And the fact is, is uh, one way to use the retirement accounts, and I'll go back into it next week, but one way is, generally speaking, people are, much better off financially to delay Social Security to at least their full retirement age or better, age 70, and if they need money during those years to use their retirement account rather than electing Social Security. The numbers work out better every time because Social Security guarantees an 8% increase every year that you delay up till age 70. And guess what? There's no financial advisor in the world that can make that guarantee. And it really makes a difference to people. Uh, I I better end with that. But next week, I'll come back with some other ideas uh, and emphasize how these planning opportunities actually can can make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, a significant difference. Don't forget, WGALaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, and that's also where you can go to find information about Bill's free webinars. WGALaw.com. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, or if you want to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, August 10th, go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button to register and attend for free. Or you can call the office 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That'll do it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.